1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And we're still very happy here at Locked on Bucks. The Bucks <laughs> lead 3-0. They, I don't know how to describe it. They obliterated the heat 113-84, to 84, dominated this game in basically every single facet possible. We're going to break it down though because I do think that there was some interesting things to take away from this game that... Um, As we start, the job's not done yet. But as we start to look uh, long term about what it could mean for this Bucks team, um, you know, I I think just really good signs on both ends of the floor. But today's episode is brought to you by the Locker Room app. Just download the app and join me next week uh, to get in on the action. We've had a lot of fun on there. You guys have been contributing big time to that. That's Locker Room changing the way we talk about sports. But Frank, yeah, this game, the scoreboard tells one story, but certainly for two and a half quarters. The Bucs were in control, but I, I wouldn't say that it was the cleanest or the, the best display of offense from this Bucs team, but the one thing that we've learned from them so far through these three games, and really for, for the most part of the regular season, when things got tough, when they needed a bucket, they were able to generate a score and really any answer that Miami had or any question that they asked of the Bucs tonight, it wasn't just answered, it was completely thrown out in a pretty emphatic fashion.
0: Yeah. I think the idea that, that came to mind as we were, as you were just kind of, you know, leading into this was, it was basically like a controlled demolition, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, those Mm -hmm. things where where they take the old building and they put all the explosives around it. It's, (laughs) you know, uh, everything just sort of collapses. It just felt like that's what the box did to American Airlines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just, uh, just kind of went in and and they were not spectacular offensively. It was kind of funny. <laughs> I just remember Grant Hill when they had like 47 points late in the first half. He was like, oh, the Bucks getting, you know, whatever they want offensively. And I was like, well, they are getting a lot of like really good looks. But it was like they're not like having an explosive offensive performance here. Giannis, I think at that point, I think he said like three points or something like that at that point. Um, but, yeah, I, I just – I can't really say enough about uh, just how impressed I am by – in particular the defense over all three games, but um, just the control and calmness of the way this team has handled these last two games, um, you know, again, just beating any good team twice in a row is not easy to do it three times in a row and to get defensively better and better basically <laughs> game to game. You know, um, it's just, uh, it's just really impressive. And, Look, I, I think the heat present an interesting challenge because, you know, as we've talked about forever, you know, the heat play into the Bucks in the sense that Bam is, is not a floor stretcher. Brooke can disrespect him, can give him the Andre Drummond treatment and hang back on him. Um, and you know, they can do they can do that and they can manage the paint and, and really keep the heat away from the basket in the way that the Bucks obviously love to do. Um But I think this has also been a great opportunity to show that, you know, kind of the old, the old of what made the Bucks great in the past, that, that camping in the paint from Brooke using Giannis and his size to bother guys around the basket anytime anybody goes near him with the new Bucks, right? The new versatility, the physicality one through four uh, you know, we're seeing Giannis using his length against Jimmy Butler. We're seeing uh, you know again it 's not like the bucks are are going to like some all out like switch everything all the time type of approach, but I mean they 've been doing this for a while now, like you know if Brooke and and, and or sorry if if drew and Chris are in a a, a screening action together we 'll just switch it <laughs> you know? like you know just switch that if you Drew, honest drew like they're they're just playing it just using common sense and switching where where it makes sense they 're applying tons of pressure on the ball. Everything obviously in that regard, I think, starts with Drew. And they're just so locked in right now that um, you know, I, I think again, we 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 talked about it late in the regular season, right? Like it's kind of hard to make sense, it's hard to hard, hard to take away too much from what the Bucks defense really how good it really was going to be late in the season when they were, you know, just sort of playing out the screen and kind of just outscoring teams. Um, but to see them lock in the way they have here in this series, and again, Miami's not necessarily you know, the ultimate test for, for this defense, I think, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but if they do make it to this next round against Brooklyn, obviously that will present an even a, definitely a much bigger challenge defensively. Um, but I think it's been a, a, a great, a great showcase for the bucks kind of melding that, that they can still do things that they, they have done what has made them very good defensively in the past and mix in, those new things and those new abilities and that toughness and you know not just what uh chris and Giannis have always brought and what they've always been able to do but you throw drew holiday and pj tucker into the mix among others um it's just uh it's just been a real pleasure to watch and again maybe not you know, maybe not art uh, maybe not super exciting for casual fans when you know it was a little bit of a rock fight that never really got that close but you know if you're a bucks fan i think what you saw tonight um I mean, in a pivotal game three, you know, this was the chance for Miami to flip the script a little bit and get back into it and say, "Hey, we're going to hold serve." And Bucks just controlled that game throughout. And anytime the Heat tried to make even that little bit of run, did it ever get closer than twelve or thirteen points after? No. You know, the like it once you got to sort of the second quarter, it's just every time the, the the Heat showed any life, the Bucks managed to to answer back and um, you know, relatively quiet night offensively from Giannis. I thought we saw, we saw a lot of bam on Giannis. So we saw that, that adjustment. Um, and they definitely, I think did a good job of taking away, you know, Giannis kind of freedom around the basket, but, um, Chris Middleton, you know, missed some shots early, but really kind of grew into the game and, and just, you know, drew and, and Chris in particular, um, they were excellent. Excellent! Excellent again tonight, and the consistency we've been seeing from them obviously just um, you know has really been obviously showcasing why I think this team is is obviously better prepared for what what might be ahead of them in the playoffs than than teams in the past. Obviously, we've had Chris in the past, but um, Chris with Drew and Giannis, obviously, it's it's just a, a a fun thing to watch. And you know, you don't need Giannis to to be playing at that MVP level offensively every night with with those guys doing what they can do.
1: Frazzled is how I want to describe the Miami offense right now. They're, they're frazzled. They've got no idea what to do. And we spoke about at the start of game three that the Bucks were likely going to have to weather some sort of storm. And you thought that it was going to come. And listen, we heard it. I mean, the crowd was good. The crowd was loud. They wanted to get involved. But you could feel the, uh, the anxiety or the frustration from the Miami fans with every bam at a bio miss. Now, he dropped in the first floater of the game that gave Miami a 2-0 lead. The crowd is up and about. They're feeling it. And he finished the quarter, missing his final three shots. He also picked up two offensive fouls. And he just, I mean, he had every opportunity early in this game to give Miami a chance. He wasn't able to do it. And quite frankly, I mean, you always have that little bit of anxiety that Miami, Miami are going to come back. And I certainly did have a little bit of that. But when I looked at the box score at the end of the first quarter and the Bucs were 34% from the field, 26% from the three-point line, and they led by 12 points, I had a feeling that Miami weren't going to be able to produce enough to get over the top of this team because you had to figure that they were going to start to hit some shots. That happened in the third quarter when, again... Miami looked like maybe they were starting to make a little bit of a move. They did cut it back to 14 points. Uh, Tyler Hero hit a three to bring it back to 64-50, I believe it was, with around five minutes to go in the third quarter. And then Chris Middleton stepped into a tough three-pointer uh, from the top. Next possession down the floor, he got to the free throw line. The possession after that, he hit another three, and all of a sudden the Bucks were up by 20, and the game was toast. And, and that stretch there in the third quarter, again, To me, this is just this team. They've been in situations before in years gone by where they've cracked. They've they've been put under pressure and they've cracked and they haven't had the guys that they're going to step up. All right, Frank, we'll keep the conversation rolling, but the Bucks won tonight. And there's nothing I like better than a Victory Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar that's ever been made, nine delicious flavors. You can try them all out by just heading to builtbar.com and see what's available. Make your order. Pick one bar, pick two bars, get a mix box, whatever it works for you. uh, Make sure you go and do it because these are absolutely delicious. There's only 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. So they are healthy for you as well. So whether it's a celebratory post-game snack or it's a pre-workout snack, uh, it all works. Bar. He can do it all, honestly. I got to tell you. So go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. And I think the point you made about Chris with Drew is the important factor here because I'm just looking at this team tonight and I'm saying, okay, 17 points for Giannis. Uh, Funnily enough, he was 6-for-12 from the field, which is, is his most efficient game of the series, if you can believe that, but 17 points. And before this series started, I asked you whether I thought, or whether you thought, sorry, that the Bucs could win a playoff series if Giannis wasn't the leading scorer. And we went back and forth on that idea a little bit there, but I think tonight is the perfect example of why the Bucs can win playoff games. And it's going to change from series to series, but certainly in this matchup, they can win playoff games if Giannis isn't the leading scorer. And it's simply because they have the third guy in Drew. And then your fourth guy is Brooke Lopez, who did, you know, had some moments tonight where he, he was certainly getting frustrated. But I just think having those other options that allow the Bucks and allow Giannis to have a little bit more trust in the other guys, be a little bit more patient. I didn't think that he really forced anything tonight. Again, he missed a couple of shots around the basket where you're just scratching your head and thinking, come on, Giannis, what is going on? We don't see you do that. But then he went to the turnarounds. He was able to find, uh, get into decent spots with Bam on him and give credit to Bam. He's a good defender, but then find other guys. And I just think overall, this team has a lot more trust. They've they got far better balance across the board offensively. And and we can just keep saying it every single time we see Drew Holiday play. But but just having this guy, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable now that you get to the postseason and you've thought it all season long. And now you're watching Drew in the playoffs and you're just like, oh my God goodness what were we watching the last couple of seasons so um yeah it's just a completely different dynamic
0: (laughs) yeah i I mean it's harsh but let's be real it's It's, it's, i have no no i'm I'm not i'm 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 not i'm I'm not i'm not reacting like to the like implied blood so slander i'm just like (laughs) kind of just like grinning and and staring off into the distance thinking about drew holiday because um you know just a couple moments tonight where it's just like you know they need a bucket. I forget which which was. I forget which end of the quarter it was. Was it? The This I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah, he had that step back with the second left. Was it? I don't even remember. Was it the first quarter, second quarter? I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. Um. I think it was the first quarter because because Giannis missed the three. I think mm. at the halftime buzzer. Um. And it's just like, you know, he can do that. You know, like I'm. I'm. We're not surprised that it goes in. It's not like you know. He's not. Durant mid range okay fine maybe not even Chris Middleton mid range but um again just the control that he has getting to spots where he can get shots that you know are, are bailout shots get shots that he can make and um you know he's just been ev- everything that everything that we could have everything that we could have really asked for is is really what what he's been so far and uh yeah it's just been I'd say, a, a you know, a great sort of entry into, uh, into the playoffs for, for him, you know, and, and again, because he's a guy that has not had that many trips chances right. to play in the playoffs, you know, I mean, you know, he's loving this because, because he, he hasn't had a chance to do as much. So it's a great chance for him to, to, you know, really show on the national stage and in a spotlight that he hasn't always gotten. Um, you know, that's why he's always talked about as being so underrated because he doesn't get, he hasn't had the chance to play in these types of atmospheres and, in front of you know tnt playoff playoff game audiences things like that so um so yeah it's it's been awesome seeing i'll say too i mean you mentioned the crowd um i I was really curious to see how the bucks i mean and you could say the heat too right um they hadn't played in in front of a a home crowd like this uh in whatever a year um but i I was curious you know how would the bucks react right and let's be honest bucks in miami not a great track record guys (laughs) Like, yeah. You know, like, I mean, uh, you know, thinking back to to kind of the last few years, you have the record breaking three point game that was fun, right? And you've got the uh, the game where they came back from twenty down at halftime and ended up blowing them out uh, a couple years back. That was a lot of fun, but it had a lot of like not not just you know losses, but just brutal shooting nights and just you know games where it's just like, man, yeah. the Bucks forgot how to do anything, and so. You know, to come in and to, you know, face opposing fans for the first time in in a year, right? Uh, you know, you don't know, you know, you don't know how how they might react. It's, it's different. They're professionals, but it's different. Uh, so I think to come in and be totally locked in, and probably no no better example of that than you know, and especially in the second half there, where uh, Giannis Giannis didn't go to the line much in this game, but had a number of opportunities in the second half, especially once Elitsa came in and. I thought it was important Bealitz to hit a couple threes, and the Bucks just went right at him, getting switches, having Giannis attack him, and pretty much just roast him <laughs> repeatedly. Which is important because I think Bealitz is an interesting player who kind of changes the dimensions of the court a little bit with his with his shooting. But good to punish him and and really hunt him on the other end. And for Giannis to to step in and uh, you know hear the crowd chanting, doing the the, the count, the the three free throw count. Um. Speed counting, obviously. They're not, they're not exactly doing it with stopwatches, of course. Uh, didn't really seem to get that frazzled. He missed, missed what was his first free throw. He missed badly of the game, I think, but like super short. And then thereafter, uh, hit five out of six and just generally you know, seemed to settle in. And again, these weren't like high-pressure free throws exactly. So, but I think it was a good chance for him to get used to hearing something that he'll probably hear a fair bit throughout the playoffs.
1: I actually had a friend text me after that first set of free throws, uh, and the text simply just said, What is wrong with Giannis when he shoots free throws? And I, I said, What do you mean? Because in my head, I was thinking, Well, we could probably, this could, could probably be a long conversation. But he was talking about how long he takes at the line. And, and, and look, you know, I would like to think that the way that he was able to shoot free throws towards the end of the game is going to be indicative of anything moving forward. But I think we know at this point not to read too much into that. And the fact that Bucks are winning by a lot as well obviously changes the calculus. But you know, nonetheless, any type of rowdy crowd that are trying to put him off and show something that he may see moving forward, which let's be honest, I probably do expect that the crowds are going to continue to count at the free throw line. I, I, it just, it makes sense. Why not? Why wouldn't you do that? Then yeah, I mean, it's good for him to see that and uh, to work his way through that. I, I guess we should probably mention Dante DiVincenzo. Now, uh, he, only man- uh, he only managed nine minutes tonight. Uh, he went off with... I, I know the broadcast, I was watching the Milwaukee broadcast and they were sort of talking about an ankle, but straight away to me, it looked like it was going to be foot-related rather than ankle because of the fact they didn't seem that there was any turn there. Um, so he's pulled up with his sore foot. He basically ran or limped straight across the court to the uh, bench, sort of banged the table there. He looked pretty frustrated. We know he's got a history of foot problem, uh, foot problems in the, in the past. So there's no real update. But after the game, said uh, basically they'll know more going forward. He was told straight away that he wasn't able to come back onto the court. So we'll see because you know we saw in the third quarter here, Jeff T got a couple of minutes there, and it will change. The calculus a little bit i don't think in this series against miami it's really going to matter but certainly moving forward it will be a factor so at this point it's too hard to predict when a second round series would start because there's obviously a bunch of variables there but uh, the bucks will maybe need a few extra days if they want to get dante back in the lineup depending on what this injury is
0: yeah i mean <clears throat> i i don't i'm holding my breath a little bit i mean obviously it was it was good that he didn't like go down and writhe around on the ground in pain and need to be helped off. Obviously. I mean, he pretty much knew he did something kind of immediately got off the court and limped into the, into the train, you know, down the tunnel to go to the trainer's room. And, and, you know, he was back on the bench for the rest of the game. But, um, you know, as you mentioned, he's had foot issues in both, in both feet. Um, and so I, I guess, you know, you just hope that it's not a re-aggravation of one of those in a way that that could could sign line for, for any extended period. And, um, you know, we saw Bryn Forbes come out uh, to start the third quarter and um, hit a three early there. And, you know, I thought Bryn did a nice job kind of battling today. I didn't think well, Miami really has not made much hay trying to target him, which is obviously a really good sign, because that's ultimately the big question with the Bucks bench, right? You got. Forbes and, and Portis and, uh, you know, those guys, what they can bring offensively. You obviously would love to be able to keep those guys in some role throughout the playoffs, but uh, the question is always, like, can those guys be hunted? But, uh, you know, so far, I um, haven't really seen Miami really be able to exploit either guy too badly. Bobby made a little in game two, but that game was over so quickly. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll have to see, um, you know, for for the debate over, you know, Bryn versus Bob versus... Uh, Dante, um, we, uh, we, we may get some Bryn, brin minutes here, not really by choice at, at, to start, but obviously it's a, it's a nice luxury to have a guy who's a, you know, 45% three point shooter, be able to pop off the bench and provide some of the spacing for, for the, uh, for the first unit. I would, I think it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, um, they could also go with Conaton, right. Which we've seen as well, you know, Pat's obviously shuttled into the, starting lineup at various points when guys have been hurt. I mean, Pat started at probably the two, the three and the four when various injuries have happened. So kind of depends on what the bucks want to do. If they want to throw a bigger look or a smaller look at the heat to start. So um, I mean, my assumption at this point is, is probably that I'd I'd be a bit surprised if Dante does play next game. So hopefully uh, you know, you just don't miss a beat. And obviously Pat and Brynn have both been playing very well overall. And Pat had a, you know, Pat's had a good week because he hit that. Looked like he got fouled. He threw that one off that went on, went in off the backboard. He had that like heat check three um, late in the in the third when the Bucks really sort of turned the screws and you know turned what had been a you know game that was like, oh, it's kind of like fourteen points, sixteen points. It kind of felt like ah, oh, the crowd was just like waiting for the Heat to throw together a little run to get it under double digits, and then Drew and and Pat just just killed them basically and just really put them out of their misery. So um, yeah, definitely something to watch. Cause look, I mean, this has been one of the things about the bucks this year. Drew obviously missed the time with COVID Giannis obviously missed um, a few games here and there, but um, you know, for the most part, they have been relative to the rest of the league, extremely fortunate in terms of health. And um, that's carried over to the playoffs and nothing more important this time of year, obviously, than having your best players available. So obviously you know dante is not one of the big three thankfully but um he's obviously a guy that i think you want to have as an option and obviously the starting lineup is is rolling right now and his energy he obviously has not been scoring and missed an early layup missed an early three today again but um you know his his rebounding you know just his tenacity and just the you know he's one of those dogs you know (laughs) pj tucker talking about the, the the bucks being dogs and just working night in and night out and i think dante is certainly a part of that so Hopefully he'll be okay and maybe miss his next game, but um, obviously the Bucks at this point—you know, hopefully it's something you can you can weather with those uh, those bench guys that have been playing well, maybe filling in.
1: Okay, Frank BetOnline.ag time because I reckon the Bucks might be favorites in this series now, up three zero. Baseball's in full swing, of course, as well as the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Do they call it playoffs in hockey? I'm not sure and UFC and MMA as well. So betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Before the next pitch, head over to betonline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the championship. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit uh, just use the code locked on there. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And with all that money that you've won, you probably got to fix the car. It, it's, it's probably just something that you got to do, which is great because our sponsors, rockauto.com, can help you out there. They are a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Uh, they've got everything you need. Engine parts, brake parts, tail lamps, accessories like uh, new carpet, whatever you need there. Uh, It's all right there. And the catalog is really easy to search. You can search uh, based on your vehicle or truck and you can find the brand specifications and prices you prefer. So it's super easy for someone that really doesn't know what they're doing like me. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available right locked on in there. how did you hear about us box today now we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com i mentioned pj tucker on the podcast yesterday with camille which by the way if if you did not miss that podcast go back and check it out because a lot of the stuff we discussed is still going to be relevant uh moving forward but i'm glad you mentioned PJ Tucker and sort of the quote here. So Eric uh, asked the question and he's tweeted it out here. So uh, he's made my job easy. But PJ Tucker, this was in response to the Bucks' defense, which, by the way, across the course of the season, they are the Bucks have a defensive rating of ninety-three point two, which is pretty handy. Frank, I know you like looking up those numbers, and I dare say that's a lot lower than what it was last year in the bubble. But the quote from PJ Tucker in relation to the defense. Uh, says, we dogs, that's all we talk about. That's all I ever talk about. We've got to be dogs. People's perceptions of us and what people think in the past, we're erasing all that. And then he went on to discuss that a little bit further and said, look, I'm new here. Drew Holiday's new here. Bobby Portis is new here. Bryn Forbes is new here. Yes, we understand what happened last year, but this is a different team. We've got different guys. And I think again tonight, we saw PJ Tucker's effectiveness defensively and it comes as a, as a group but there was a possession in the third quarter there where Giannis was on the floor, Chris, Drew, PJ Tucker, and there was a fifth. It might've been Bobby Portis. I'm not sure who the fifth was, but Miami were, were trying everything. They were running screens. There was pick and roll action. There was dribble handoffs. Generally possessions that normally have the Bucks completely out of sorts, but they were switching everything and they were jumping up and they were in their face and they were making them uncomfortable every single time someone had the ball and it ended up with Jimmy Butler plowing into PJ Tucker and it was a charge. And you said before about um, you yeah, know, whatever I, I, uh, what I said uh, about Drew Holiday and you had a smile on your face. I was watching the TV with a smile on my face when that possession went down because look, we, you mentioned it at the top. It, it's been a rocky road for the Bucks defensively for sure. But, you know, a lot of these guys with some of the injuries that they had and certainly PJ Tucker didn't spend a lot of the team, it was going to take some time. And I, I think this series and coming up against this Miami team that does present some different challenges to what some other teams might try and run on offense I do think that, as you pointed to, it plays into the Bucks' defensive style certainly far more than any series against Brooklyn will. That's going to be a completely different challenge in itself. But having this practice, having this time to work on those switches and to just continue to build that chemistry in high-pressure uh, you know, pressure situations on the road again tonight in a playoff game, I think is huge for this team. And they looked really good. They looked really good uh, when they've been switching, when those guys are out there. The communication, it looks like they're all on point. And I think PJ Tucker's been a huge part of that, and and I just love the quote that he says. Whatever the perception perception was uh, in the past, we're erasing all of that. I love it. I love I love his attitude. Uh, have since he's first walked in, but now we're starting to see his impact on the floor, and it's uh, it's fun to see.
0: You know, this is obviously this is a much more talented team than the fear the deer bucks of of 2010. But um, yeah, it, it's been fun watching PJ and. You know, obviously, he had the injuries shortly after the trade, and you know, he probably didn't get as much of an opportunity during the regular season to really kind of gel with his teammates and all that. But, um, he he's just when the Bucks are defending with the physicality and just getting after it, right? Uh, it's it's been fun to watch and look. You know, PJ has some limitations. Like I think in in game two, there were a couple of plays where he ended up on Duncan Robinson, and you know he had to chase over a screen. It was just like, okay, if PJ doesn't that that's not. That is not what, what P.J. Tucker is good at. Um, but, you know, playing in those in, – in, in these schemes where he's switching a lot and he's getting to really just go mano-a-mano mono against a guy like Jimmy Butler who loves using his physicality against smaller defenders. Well, P.J. Tucker's not tall, but you're not using physicality to get the best of, of P.J. Tucker. It's just been really fun to watch. And, you know, thinking back to that 2010 Bucks team, you had Jerry Stackhouse, you had Kurt Thomas – um, I you know, obviously, PJ positionally is not, a, is not a center, but well, plays center for a bit, or has at least. But um, he's obviously not Kurt Thomas in terms of style, but just I don't know, kind of a mindset and just kind of that like veteran, you know, John Wayne toilet paper, rough, tough, don't take shit off anything like that. That I, I just love that. You know, I love having that type of guy in the mix and the fact that he can still play at you know a high level and stylistically fits even though he obviously has gotten older and you know he's no spring chicken. Um uh, just just been really fun and again, I mean, you, you can't look past the heat yet. You haven't won this series yet. You absolutely would love to just end this uh in game four and just move on and rest up and look forward to the next series. But um I think certainly what we've seen from the first three games, you know, I mean would you are you expecting the Bucks to let up, to let up in game four? I mean I think we got to take PJ at his word. Uh, hopefully, you know, they will continue to to feel like, Hey, we, what we've got, what, what's gotten us here so far is what we're going to keep doing. And we're going to keep doing it until they win this series. And then they're going to keep doing it. Hopefully then the next series, when whoever that, you know, whenever that happens. So um, yeah, just, a, just a lot of fun watching it and you know, <laughs> considering how much time the Bucks fans spent, just, you know, grousing about defense and just the frustration over three point shooting and all that. Um, you know, heat. what were they tonight? Nine out of 32 or something like that. Uh, Duncan oh. Robinson was, oh, what was Duncan Robinson? Well, Duncan oh, Robinson four, was 0
1: for 4 and then Dragic was only 2 for 6. So the, Miami played their card tonight. And, and look, it was predictable. I said it on yesterday's pod. I'd be shocked if Goran Dragic didn't start. But he did start. And Dragic and Robinson combined for 10 points on 4 for 20 shooting from the field and 2 for, uh, two for 10 from 3. So, I mean, Spolstra played his card and it didn't work.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I just want to get past this 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 series and yeah yeah you know tip so we can we can also tip our cap to Bud and say you know Eric Spoelstra is a great coach but I mean this is this is the, you know we talk about these questions facing the Bucks when Bud goes up against great coaches can you win that chess match can he at least play it to a draw right um, certainly this series Spo has not had any answers for what the Bucs have been doing and the Bucks have not had to, you know, fortunately the Bucs have not had to make huge adjustments themselves, but I think they've had a very good game plan. They've done some subtle things differently and they clearly have, you know, they clearly learned from what, what happened in the bubble last year. And they obviously have better personnel as well, which helps. Uh, but uh, you know, kudos to obviously the coaching staff for, you know, coming with a plan and getting the players to, to obviously execute on it. Right. I mean, this is this is what you've been hoping that you would have you know seen from the Bucks in that first round all year long, right? All year long, we said you can't win a playoff series in November, December, <laughs> January, etc. Um, but um, you know, at least so far, the the, the work and the different things they tried and all that—it's uh, it obviously is is paying dividends in the series, and you just hope it continues. So, one last Drew
1: Holiday number because this has to be read out because it's just absolutely absurd. In game one, the Bucs won by two points, as we know. If you look in the box score and you look at the starters, it was a bit of a mixed bag when it came to plus minus, but it was a close game. But Drew Holiday still managed to be plus 10 in his time on the floor. Game two, Drew Holiday was plus 37. And in game three, Drew Holiday was plus 41. So Drew Holiday is plus 88 in three games in this series. And I think that that matches with the eye test. Whenever he's on the floor, he's putting someone in absolute hell. And then down the other end, he's really just uh, he just cutting and moving his way through the perimeter, doing what he wants, throwing up some little lefty stuff, step backs, whatever he wants. Plus 88 in three games is absolutely ridiculous.
0: Uh, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. And just looking at the box score, Goran three out of 14 He's, he's mortal guys. Wow. Goran Dragic actually had a bad, I I can, I can hardly believe it. Um, But uh, in a weird way, it's almost like encouraging. I mean, Jimmy Butler, 19 points on 17 shots, eight rebounds, six assists. I mean, he wasn't like good tonight, but it wasn't like, wow, something's wrong with Jimmy Butler. (laughs) Like he can't do anything. You know, he hit some mid Rangers early. Um, Bam was seven out of 14, 17 points, eight rebounds, four assists. I mean, you know again they they were not terrible there like you wouldn't watch this game and say like wow those guys like there's something going on um so but again just the bucks really just dictated the terms of of this of this of this battle and they fought it where they wanted and the just ended up playing a game that you know ultimately just felt like they couldn't win and and again you know it's it, it's kind of funny right i mean you look back on so many series and I think anytime one, one good team dominates another team that you also think like, Hey, that team should have been better. It's like, in, in hindsight, it's always like, well, well, something was wrong with that team. It's like, well, no shit. That's, you know, <laughs> like, that's usually why one team crushes another team is because something's not going right for the other team. And I think you obviously need to give some credit to, to the winning team in, in that equation. But, um, you know, cause it's sort of, one of those things where it's like, I, I, I've heard it a little bit, like when people talk about the, well, the Bucks beat the Celtics, oh, well, that Celtics team, like you know, Kyrie or all that. It's like, yeah, you know, okay, fine. But did, did, the, did the Bucks just give Kyrie like a bunch of open jumpers in that series and just missed them all? No, <laughs> Eric Bledsoe, we give him shit all the time. He was great defensively in that series. They made they made Kyrie Irving's like really difficult in that series, and they were Bucks were awesome in that series. They deserved it, right? They got their butts kicked in game one, and they turn around and they stuck it to the Celtics, a Celtics team that. It was not a bad Celtics team. That was a pretty good Celtics team. They were very talented. And last year, you end up on the business end of a four-one series. I mean, were the Bucks good in that series? No, of course not, right? Was was something going on? Like did they need to change? Yeah, yeah, sure. But was Miami also really, really good? Yeah, that's why they went to the freaking finals, right? I mean, Bam Bam missed two games, and Dragic missed four games in the finals, and they still took the Lakers in six games. I mean, it, it's kind of funny, like to think. I mean. If the Heat are healthy, they, they might have won the NBA championship last year. And we can say it's the bubble, blah, blah, blah. But, again, you just don't know what's going to happen in these playoff series. And, you know, it's, it's just a different – it's a fundamentally different game. We found that out the hard way the last two years, right? Like, just, yeah, As good as you are in the regular season, it doesn't always translate. And, um, you know, you just hope that what the Bucks are capturing right now, that they're, they're capturing that lightning in a bottle that maybe a Miami caught last year. You know, maybe the Raptors caught two years ago, and that again, this just starts to snowball into into bigger and better things. So again, you can't get carried away. We're not even out of the first round yet, but um, I think you just got to give the Bucks credit. And certainly, Miami hasn't been great, but I think the 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 story of this series is is how good the Bucks have been, not how bad the the Heat have been or how disappointing the Heat have been.
1: No, 100% agree with that. And as you said, it's not over yet. It's another afternoon game, which is just making me want to cry over here. 3.30 a.m. Sunday morning, tip-off for game four. And it's 12.30 p.m. on a Saturday. I, I saw that uh, it was pretty wet in Milwaukee and they had to cancel the, uh, the outdoor party. So hopefully on the weekend, the weather clears a little bit. So you guys and girls can at least get out there and enjoy the game, have a few uh, frothies. Beers, as we like to call them in the, in Australia. Well, we call them froffies. I'm sure they call them beers everywhere across the world, actually. But uh, hopefully you guys can enjoy it. And hopefully it ends up being the results uh, that we're all after. And it's it's kind of funny that this series, I think for a number of reasons, brought a lot of anxiety for a lot of fans. And the Bucks had that opportunity going back a week ago. And it's funny how quickly things changed. A week or so ago, they had the chance to dodge this team. They said, we want to play them. And now three games in, uh, they've been utterly dominant to this point. So, like I said, 12.30 p.m. Saturday for Game 4. And then, uh, if required, the series will come back to Milwaukee for Game 5. Hopefully, they won't. Uh, hopefully, Dante DiVincenzo is okay. We'll look out for updates for him moving forward. Frank, any last words?
0: I thought you were finishing. I, I'm eating a salad and some pizza while we record this at 11 mm. o'clock at night because I was busy working while watching the Bucks game. But, um, no, I'm, I'm going to enjoy my... Rest of my dinner here, and uh, yeah, I hope I hope everybody else went to bed with a smile on their face tonight because uh, the Bucks certainly gave you you lots to be happy about.
1: I bet that pizza's not as good as rocky's but anyway, anyway. Oh, I, won't, I won't... No,
0: here I, I have I have Rocky's sauce. I'm dipping it in. Oh, I because I, it was late, so I just ordered a thin crust from Domino's because it's always really fast. And then I got some Rocky sauce. I just poured in, poured in a little cup, warmed it up, just dipping that Rocky sauce with that Domino's, you know, I gotta gotta get my, my Rockies taste anyway. I can get it here in, in Texas.
1: Well, there's absolutely no better way to end the show on that note, but I will remind you guys, if you want all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes, you can get that with the locked on today podcast host, Peter Bukowski, who we know from locked on Packers will update you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts, follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. But we're going to wrap it up there and I'm having a day off tomorrow. I think we've podcasted six straight days or seven straight days. I'm having a day off tomorrow. I'm going to be back after game four. We'll wrap it up with a post-game pod. But if you've missed any of the podcasts through the weeks, there's been plenty of good ones. It's been a lot of fun so far to get the playoffs started. So, Uh, Make sure you go back and check them out. And if you're new to the show, subscribe and share and rate and do all those things as well. But for Frank and myself, the Bucks are leading 3-0. We'll be back after game four. Enjoy the weekend and we'll catch you guys then.